Hi everyone, you're listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors to find out how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Before we hop into today's show, I want to remind you of today's sponsor. This show is brought to you by PassiveInvesting.com. PassiveInvesting.com is a private equity real estate investment firm focused on institutional quality, multifamily, self-storage, and car wash assets in the hottest markets in the United States. PassiveInvesting.com partners with their investors to provide opportunities to build wealth together by delivering consistent monthly cash flow, capital appreciation, and strong tax benefits. They currently have 1,800 plus passive investors with a 65% repeat investor rate. If you're interested in learning more, head over to PassiveInvesting.com or click the link in the show notes. You can get more information on investment opportunities, educational webinars, or insightful articles. Reach out and see how they can help you build wealth through real estate. Now for today's guest. She is an Army veteran with six years of service in the Army National Guard. Following her enlistment, she began investing in real estate in 2011. She has been expanding and managing her portfolio of properties for the past 10 years. But this past recent year, she decided to take this next step on her entrepreneurial journey by founding Kennedy Remedy Investments. She has invested in a total of 207 units as a limited partner in 2021, starting in May. Also closed on 56 units in Waco that just got fully leased for her first GP role, followed by closing on 120 units in Des Moines for her second GP deal, all from living abroad in Kuwait. She also enjoys traveling abroad, cooking, horseback riding, spending time with her family, zip lining, scuba diving, skydiving, and is a figure bodybuilder certified. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because this is my show, certified badass. Please welcome to the show, Keisha Kennedy. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for for hopping onto the show. And again, I'm going to emphasize this. You are in Kuwait right now and you've done all of this from Kuwait and that is extremely impressive. And I got to give you huge kudos for that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, so why don't we, I guess, dive into a little bit more about your story. I know we went through just the brief introduction, but from how did you just, I guess, what jump started your real estate journey in in the first place? And then how did you make that transition into multifamily? Yeah, good question. So I am originally from Richmond, Virginia. I am not from Kuwait. So I don't want your listeners to think that <laughs> I am from this country. No, I'm not. I'm just residing here. I was in the military and now I'm a military contractor. And so that is why I am living abroad in this tax-free country. But my father was in the military, so I have lived all over the world. I was born in Germany. I've lived in California, Colorado, Kentucky, back to Virginia. And then I graduated high school in Germany. And we moved to Richmond, Virginia, which is my father's last duty assignment, where he taught military science at Virginia Commonwealth University and the University of Richmond. So by default, I ended up going to Virginia Commonwealth University and I joined the Army National Guard and 
ended up deploying to Kuwait and then returned back and graduated and then returned back to Kuwait as a military contractor. And so that's when my journey started as a real estate investor 11 years ago in the residential space. I was self-taught. I had no idea what I was doing. I figured it out along the way. And so I purchased my home after the market had crashed, my first home after the market had crashed, 29500 The house was built in 2010 and I purchased it in 2011. So it was still fairly new. And all I had to do was just go in and take up the flooring. It was some damaged carpet and put down new flooring and slap a for rent sticker out there, sign out, <laughs> figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. And my... My pimps helped me when I was living abroad. So they toured it and gave me the thumbs up. I was super excited and figured it out. And then next year I bought another house. And the next year I brought a duplex and just continued on the cycle. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I was somewhat introduced to real estate because I watched my father manage his rental properties growing up as a child. And then my grandmother had rental properties. And then my grandfather, great-grandfather, but no one sat me down and educated me on investing. So I did see some, but I took action without, you know, my my father saying, hey, you need to invest in assets. And so fast forward to last year in 2021, I said I want to scale into apartments. And this time I didn't want to be, you know, self-educated. So I started listening to podcasts, reading books, reading blogs networking. And that's when I found out about apartment syndication. I said, oh, there's a smarter way to invest, you know, with through a partnership. And so that's what I did. I started investing in my first deal as a limited partner in Richmond, Virginia, 27 units, and then 81 units in Florence, Kentucky, 19 units, student housing in Scranton, Pennsylvania, 27 units in Columbia, South Carolina, student housing. And then I had the opportunity, as you mentioned earlier, to be a co-GP on a deal in Waco, Texas in December that we had closed. And also we just closed on 120 units as a co-GP as well in Des Moines, Iowa. And I'm currently working on another deal. So things have been rocking and rolling all the way from Kuwait. I'm really excited about my journey and just love inspiring other people to invest in assets. Wow. And, you know, I do, I would love to actually dive into that first experience as an LP, because I mean, I felt like that was almost your foot in the door to really see what the world is like. And so did you have any, I guess, obstacles or questions or concerns when you first started as an LP? Absolutely, man. I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? Hmm. This was my first time as a limited partner. So I had a ton of questions and I wanted to vet the, the general partner team as well. And I didn't understand the terms, I'll be honest, because it's different from the residential space. Right. Um, so I had to learn that second language, IRR, EM, COC. There's so many when you first you know, start out. And so I had to do my own homework and do my due diligence. But I will say that the first deal that I did invest in was actually from Richmond, Virginia. So Mm. I already knew where the market was going. So I was, you know, really excited about it. However, I had to understand the investment terms when it comes to investing as a limited partner. So yeah, I was terrified. I had asked the general partner so many questions about their deal. I wanted to understand the underwriting. I wanted to understand, you know, their reputation as a general partnership. How many full cycles have they been through? 
What failures did they face in the past? How did they mitigate those failures? What are their core values? Because I wanted to make sure that I like, know, and trust them. It's more than just doing business because this is a relationship type of business. Yeah. And so once I became comfortable with, you know, their core values, if I like, know, and trust them, understand the deal and did my due diligence, then I was ready to deploy capital in their deal. And so after that first deal, the second deal was a little bit easier and I just continued the cycle. And I think what's really important about just that your statements and, and your comments on when you were investing in is you really had an emphasis on betting the operator. You, you didn't mention returns once because you also realized that this is completely passive. And I mean, there's not really any control with the operations of the property. And so, you know, it seems like you just had a long vetting process of going through and making sure that you trust, know, and like the general partners. And so I wanted to ask then throughout your experience as an LP, how did that translate into becoming a co-GP and then raising on your own? Like, what was that experience like? And, you know, what were some of the takeaways that you took from it? Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to become a limited partner prior to being a general partner was because I wanted to understand the perspective of being a limited partner prior to, you know, helping a team with investor relations, raising capital and asset manage. I want to be empathetic when I am conversing with a limited partner and be educated when I am speaking to a limited partner. And so initially I'll be honest at first, I only wanted to be a general partner, but then I thought about it and reevaluated my goals and said, hey, the best approach to this is to become a limited partner and then I can help educate people along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And that will convert them into becoming an investor in the future. And that's exactly what happened. And so I was able to use my experience as a limited partner and partner up with a general partner team, which definitely help because I can't even imagine being on a team not educated on the limited partner role. So that has definitely helped me to be successful in becoming a co-GP. Got it. And yeah, I mean, making sure that you have the limited partners in mind, because like they, they are investing a large chunk of money with y'all and they have an immense amount of trust with y'all. And that's something that, you know, operators just can't take lightly. And so they've, if they've never stepped foot as a limited partner, or maybe they're not even investing alongside them as limited partners, could be a red flag if you know that, right? And so, you know, I'm actually curious now is you're gaining this momentum of just being a limited partner and then join in as a co-GP and started raising, but you were still in Kuwait. Where (laughs) were a lot of the investors over in Kuwait or were a lot of them just from back home? How did you nurture this investor base? Yeah. So I'll go back to being a limited partner. I was able to speak about my experience Mm. and journey as a limited partner. And so I leveraged that through my social media platform and because people were were reading and hearing about me investing in these apartment deals, people become curious. And so they're following along on my social media posts on, you know, daily. And so that's how I was able to create those new relationships that led to investors. So most of my investors are physically in the States. I do have a couple that are here. And I'm going to start educating more people physically here 
in Kuwait. So I want to, you know, come up with the meetup or something once a month to educate on apartment syndication. That's one of my goals this year. But physically, they are most of my investors are in the States. And I started with zero investors, but I am leveraging social media to attract more capital. Now, I love it. And I love the fact that you said attract capital instead of raising capital because there's a big difference because then it's just like you, you start speaking on it. And I'd actually love if you can explain the, the whole attracting versus raising. Yes, I am attracting capital. So again, I'm using my social media platform and I'm educating. So I'm educating. I am entertaining. I am just drawing people to me because I'm speaking about my journey. And so they're curious and they want to know how can they be a part? They're so excited to see me grow and they'll reach out to me. Hey, can I get on a phone call with you? Hey, I thought you were in residential space, but now you're investing in apartments. How did you get in on those apartments? So they're curious and I can convert them into an an investor. So I am attracting capital. I am not raising capital, right? So I'm attracting capital and then they're converted to investors. And then I'm also asset managing once we get the deal closed. Nice. No, I love it. And, you know, it still baffles me that you still have a full-time job and you're still able to, to do all of this as well. I guess, how have you been able to accomplish and, and still keep up with, you know, all these different tasks that you're doing and still stay on top of it and still be extremely fit too <laughs> and, yeah. and taking yeah. care of yourself? What, what are some of your secrets there? Yeah. So, man, I am currently seven hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. So as we are recording this podcast, it's 619 a.m., So usually the podcast is usually in the evening time when I do, you know, when I am scheduled for a podcast, I try to schedule it early afternoon or evening, but I am seven hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. So most, as I mentioned earlier, most of my investors are in the States. So how am I successful with managing (laughs) my time basically is what you're asking. So I am a full-time W-2 military contractor. I am also a bodybuilder, like he mentioned, and then I'm also... Uh, general partner. (laughs) And I am still managing my residential properties as well. So I do have a lot of moving parts, but I go back to my why. I'll start there. So why am I so passionate? Why am I continuing to drive and to move forward and to be so motivated? So once you know your why, that's going to continue, that's going to push you to continue to go on. So my why is generational wealth, financial freedom, also by educating. And so that's how I'm able to use my social media platforms because I want to help as many people as possible, especially minorities and veterans. I am a veteran. I'm also a minority, if you don't know. And so I'm helping bridge in the wealth gap to our society. And so I am doing that by educating on my social media platforms. I'm also doing that by impacting our community through our value add strategy. So I love that we are changing our tenants' lives because a lot of people can't afford buy a house. So they're renting an apartment. However, some of these apartments have never been renovated. So again, my why is generational wealth, financial freedom, education, and impacting our community. And so that is the reason why I'm so passionate. That is the reason why I am continuing to sacrifice. I sacrifice a lot. 
even though I'm from Kuwait, mainly because of the time difference. So I'm doing investor relation calls in the middle of the night, early in the morning, late at night. I'm building those relationships continuously with general partnership teams. It does take time because I don't want to just jump into a co-GP role with anyone. I am doing the same vetting that I did as a limited partner, as a general partner too. Because again, this is like a marriage. It's a long-term hold and you want to make sure that your core values, that's the foundation when you're creating a partnership, your core values, you know, that's the foundation to any relationship, right? Whether it's a marriage, whether it's business or a friendship. So I want to make sure that our core values align first and then ensure that our business goals align. And so I use time blocking to help me reach my goals. Otherwise, I would not be successful. So I am blocking out time to hit those daily tasks that I have to within the real estate business and my personal life and with bodybuilding. So I'm eating five meals a day, working out six days a week, which also helps me to release my endorphins and and stress level because it is stressful. But yeah, just managing my time and prioritizing what I have to do on a daily basis to ensure that I am meeting my goals for the day. It is, I mean, you do have to have a strict day-to-day operations when I am, you know, the time difference is a big issue for me right now that that is, I'm only Mm -hmm. limited to how much time I have in a day compared to investors in the States, but I am not allowing that to stop me from reaching my goals. I am pushing through. I'm facing that adversity and I'm being successful all the way from Kuwait. So I say this to say that you can do anything that your mind allows you to do. You go back to your why and that should push you to continue to build, to continue to grow, to continue to network, to help you reach your goals. It most definitely seems like the your foundation and your core values is really what drives all of the systems that you also put in place and you know in creating the discipline and making sure that you want to achieve the KPIs that you want to achieve. Because I'm thinking even to to myself right now, like Discipline is definitely something I, I got to work with a, a lot more, and especially in, in terms of time blocking. And so the fact that you're able to accomplish this and sacrifice an early morning just to hop on a podcast with little old me over here, I just, yeah. I appreciate it. And it's inspiring. You're um, welcome. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think that discipline came from being in the military and then also growing up as a child. My father was mm. in the military. So my parents instilled that discipline. So it started from home growing up as a child. And then the, in the military and just discipline will drive you so far, which led me into bodybuilding. And so because of that, I'm disciplined in that hobby, which led me also into being a general partner. So I'm disciplined on my task and I am really hard on myself. I will say that I'm very hard (laughs) on myself, but that is what sets me apart from my peers and fellow investors. If you don't want me diving into more of the discipline, then what are some of the daily habits that you have utilized to accomplish some of these goals and and not get distracted by what, what else is going around you? Yeah. So I wake up early in the morning <laughs> so I can get my day started. I try to start off with a devotion, mm. meditation. I am a believer. I'm a Christian, grew up in the church. I used to sing in the choir. I was Aww. an usher and I went to a private, <laughs> I went to a <laughs> private school, uh-huh. middle school for about two years in California. But devotion, 
daily devotion, prayer, meditation, a little bit of yoga slash stretching in the morning. And then also if I have to do cardio twice that day, then I'll, I'll get up as well. So that helps me to start my day off in a positive note, stress-free note. So I'm not, you know, in a rush getting up. So that daily habit will help you set yourself up for success that day. And then also going to the gym, that has definitely helped me to stay focused. If I can beat myself mentally, you know, with the weightlifting in the gym, I can face any challenges in life, you know, whether it's personal or business or anything like that. So the gym has definitely helped me mentally because mental health is just as important as physical health, if not more important, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, going to the gym, daily devotion, meditation, yoga, and then time blocking and scheduling is a daily habit. I love it. I love it. Something, something I got to work on. Something, something yes. we're, we're making progress in. We're making progress yes. in. I call it a daily timesheet for myself. Mm. <laughs> do you have evening habits that you do to set yourself up for the next day then? Yeah. So I used to have issues with falling asleep, but mm. now I'm only going to my bed when it's time to sleep. So I don't watch TV. I believe that the TV is not going to help me reach generational wealth, financial freedom. So any activity that's not, then I will turn it off, right? So I don't watch TV. TV is a treat for me. Unlike TV is a daily habit for some people, but is that actually helping them get them to their goals? It's probably not, right? Mm -hmm. So prior to going to bed, I have a stress relief candle by Bath and Body Works. It's aromatherapy. So I'll light that. And then I also like to read prior to bed. And then once I'm laying in bed, I am usually TKO. I'll be honest. I am knocked out. <laughs> but to prepare for the next day, I usually lay out my clothes and make sure I'm prepared with my gym clothes and my polo shirt and khaki that I wear to the office. To the office. Other than that, that is it. My meals are prepped. I have a maid that prepares my meals. So I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about as far as cooking, cleaning, ironing, all of that is taken care of. So that gives me a little bit more time, right? I'm paying her so I can have my time back. So imagine Mm -hmm. if I had to cook, meal prep, wash my clothes, fold my clothes, clean the house, that's taken away from me reaching my goals. And that's in a way that's its own syndication as well, because, you know, (laughs) you're taking your time back and you're investing, you're investing in your time. So you can focus on on your goals and what you want to accomplish. (laughs) Absolutely. She's been a blessing. (laughs) Oh, shout out to her. Shout out to her. (laughs) So now then in culminating, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it as a word anyways, in culminating all of that from daily habits in the morning to evening habits, and then also with your core foundation and your goals and what you're striving to accomplish. Now for this next year then, and what are you focusing on? What are the immediate goals that you're pushing for? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, I want to create a meetup, basically like educational meetup on apartment syndication, just continue to educate people that are physically here in Kuwait, because I do have potential investors that are reaching out to me, wondering what is apartment syndication? How am I getting into so many deals? So I want to leverage where I'm at because there are a lot of military contractors and uh, veterans that would like to invest. So that is one of my goals. Also, 
just continue to network. Your network is your net worth. You guys probably heard that million a time, but that is how I got into my first co-GP role was by networking. And I want to continue to educate myself because there's a lot to learn in this business. There are many other asset classes, but I'm trying not to get the shiny object syndrome. <laughs> and I'm also curious about looking into a fund. I would like to look into that. I've spoke to two other lawyers, attorneys, and I want to continue to do my research. But my goal is to help as many people as possible invest in real estate so they can get a a return on their money. That is my why. And that is my goal. I don't have a cap on how many doors. I want to just continue to help as many people as possible build that generational wealth and financial freedom. You know, actually now, because I'm looking at time and I completely forgot to ask this question as well. And I actually wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive into the Waco deal since that was recently just 100% occupied. And it was what I think over the course of three months, it was 75% occupied. And so, you know, I would love if we can actually do a deal deep dive from start to still in progress, not fully finished of what that looks like and how did you identify how did you identify the deal yeah so the deal was presented to me by a general partnership team that had already had it under contract so i wasn't there at the beginning you know with the due diligence and things like that but again it's all about the relationships so that's how i was able to be a part mm-hmm. of this deal And so they found it through broker relations and they got it under contract. And so I helped with the capital raising and also asset management as well. And so this, we closed in December. And when we were under contract, we were at 75%. And within the three months, we got up to 100%. And it's all because we had a solid general partnership team. So each of us, we had a role and responsibility that we were assigned to us, basically, Mm -hmm. that we wanted to help with this property. And so because we all came together as a team and focused on our one role within asset management, that's how we were able to increase to 100% occupancy. Yes, we had a property management company, but we had weekly meetings with our property management companies. And then we also had weekly GP team meetings and we were able to discuss, you know, the tasks that we're working on and how we can do better for the following week to ensure that our occupancy is increased because we are trying to get the best returns for our investors. And we cannot do that if we continue at a low occupancy. And so we leverage, you know, the marketing experience from our GP team, which definitely drove the occupancy up. And there were so many other tasks that you can do to ensure that your occupancy is increased. So like surveys, for instance, for your potential tenants, your prospect tenants and your current tenants. And then there's also marketing. So you can leverage Facebook. You can leverage ads as well. So we're doing things that our property management wasn't doing, but we were adding on to what they are already doing, which created us to increase the occupancy. And so we were, you know, making sure that work orders were complete, just following up with the prospect, 
tenants. And there are so many other tasks that you can instill in your general partnership team to ensure that your occupancy level does increase. But the main thing is it takes a lot of hard work once you close a deal, but you have to put in the work after you close. Otherwise it will, (laughs) it can become bad. So Mm -hmm. we did put in the work. It was a lot of hard work. Like I mentioned, we met twice a week but we all did what we enjoyed doing within asset management, which helped us to increase our occupancy. So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I, was there also a value add portion to it as well, or was it yeah, pretty stabilized so, when you're? No, it, we're still going through the value add right now. Mm. We haven't even really touched that part yet. So we're we're really excited on how this property is going to be stabilized, but we even have a waiting list as well. So it was managed. Yeah, it was poorly managed by the property management team prior. And so we went in and hired a better property management team, which is like number five or, or three in the nation. And that has truly helped us. So make sure that you vet your property management team you know, do your research, ask for referrals, and just make sure that you ensure that they are going to give you the best service. Otherwise, that can be a factor when you're trying to stabilize or do your value add. So our property management company, kudos to them and kudos to the solid general partnership team that I am yeah. on, which is truly <laughs> a blessing because, man, this is my first experience and I want it to be a good experience. So I plan on doing future deals with that same general partnership team because we crushed it within the first three months. And I can only imagine what the the remaining four years will look like. I've met majority of them too. And they, from what I know, they're, they're for sure rock stars as well. Yes. It's truly a blessing, man. I was, you know, a little bit stressed out in the beginning, but once you have a team that that is educated and motivated and dedicated, you can accomplish anything. And that's what we're doing. We are killing it. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Giving back to the community, you have getting partnered with amazing people, and then also getting your investors their returns that they're looking for. And yes. all while you're over in Kuwait, it's crazy. <laughs> No, but awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about your investment strategy and possibly invest with y'all or just have a conversation and talk with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yes. I like to leave your listeners with the beginner's guide to investing as a limited partner. And they can find that on the website, Kennedy Remedy, R-E-M-E-D-Y investments with an S.com backslash guide. And in that guide, you will read about what is a limited partner, the benefits, it also have a sample deal and questions to ask your sponsor. So that is a good way to reach me because on the bottom, it'll have a link to my social media. So I am also on LinkedIn, Keisha Kennedy, K-E-I-S-H-I-A. The business is on Instagram, Kennedy Remedy. And on Facebook, it's Kennedy Remedy Investments. So I'm sure he's going to leave all of that in the show notes. It'll be Feel the show free notes. to reach out. Yes. Feel free to reach out. I love speaking to investors. And then also on my website, Kennedy Remedy Investments in the upper right-hand corner, there is a link to the investor portal where you can find out our current opportunities so you can be a part of this journey. 
Awesome. I love it. Make sure to reach out. And Keisha, thank you so much for hopping onto the show. Make sure you tune into this Friday's episode, which is the action items episode, where we are going to go into actionable steps for us to get really to get started in real estate. So uh, thank you again, Keisha, for hopping onto the show. Thank you everyone for listening. And I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got any value out of the show, I'd greatly appreciate if you leave a rating and review on iTunes to help others receive that same value. If you're looking to learn more on how to passively invest in apartment buildings or self-storage assets, click on my link in the show notes to learn more. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.